amazing things God did in students' lives this weekend, and this is what it's all about. Um, I bring with me today my beautiful wife, Tiffany, right over there. And so, um, yeah. She's my bride of now seven years, and I tell her every day, girl, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are bit, you benefited out of this deal, I'm telling you. Um, no, it's the other way around, but hey, I'm honored to be here this, uh, this weekend. Can we give it up for the pastors here? Can we give it up for Pastor Paul? Man. There's just certain people you meet and there's a kindredness, right? And he was, we were talking backstage and he says, man, you know, I know we are probably polar opposite, but you're my brother. And I said, you know, that, that's the amazing thing about the cross is it brings everything together. And the only color that matters is red. And that's the blood of Jesus. And that's what's cool about um, this walk of faith. And so this morning, beyond all that cool stuff, beyond all the accolades and Milwaukee Bucks, what is Giannis like? Tall, okay? Um, <laughs> but um, beyond that, man, uh, I'm desperate for Jesus. I'm desperate for Jesus, and I have a heart to help other people find him. And so uh, it's my prayer that you are blessed this morning. So you Bible scholars, if you have your Bible, I want to preach from the book of Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 this morning. And we're actually going to read uh, 13 verses. Um, I know a lot of Christians today, we don't read the Bible. So for some of you, this is a new phenomenon. Well, I got the verse of the day, you know. Um, we're going to read this and we're going to unpack it. And here's why, church, because uh, I'm excited to be here because when I came to this place, I said, wow, God is doing something different and he's doing something unique. And here's the thing. When God is doing something, you don't need to understand it. You just need to say, God, if you say so, I will. Right. So why wouldn't God use a church in Austin to bring revival to all these surrounding communities. And why wouldn't God use a church in Boston to do what uh, everyone said can't be done? Why wouldn't he? Why couldn't he? And so I want to help you see something today, church. You're blessed. And I want to help you see something today, church. I want you to see Jesus in every situation. Because this is for the big boys and the big girls. I got done with your kids yesterday, so I'm talking to the grown, grown kids today. Okay, this is not for the emotional high and the appeal. This is for those of us who know about life and the unpredictability that comes with life and the things you don't plan for and the things that catch you off guard. But in those moments, somehow, some way, you need to find enough resolve within you to say God is still good. This is for those of us who all want the feelings. This is for those of us who know what it is to stand in faith. This is for those of us who know what it feels like to go through the fire. This is for those of us who've had people we love die. This is for those of us who were serving the Lord, but we still know that there's complexities, there's challenges, there's burdens, there's weariness that comes with this life. But the only thing we can stand on is God is still good. And so this morning, I want to talk about the glory of God. The glory of God, because oftentimes in church, we speak Christianese. We just say things, oh, brother, bless you, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. What did you just say? <laughs> But I really want to break down what the glory is this morning because I believe the glory is on this church. 
And uh, it's my prayer this morning that we just unlock that glory. So if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Really cool portion of scripture. This is the portion of scripture called Mount of Transfiguration. Um, this is where Jesus revealed himself to some of his disciples. And uh, that's my prayer today, is that God would transfigure. Okay? Some of us know about Jesus, but we need to know him. Some of us get Jesus, but it needs to resonate. Some of us understand the idea, but we need to be convinced. Why? Because it's once you get the revelation of who Jesus is, it helps you handle the reality. And how many people know sometimes your reality doesn't match his revelation? That's where the glory lies. Y'all want to have church this morning? Y'all cool with having church in Boston? Y'all cool with a black man preaching the gospel this morning? Y'all good with that? Come on, somebody. Okay, Mark chapter 9, the Bible says this. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. My goodness. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorial, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he really didn't know what else to say, for they all were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Then he asked them, who do the teachers of the religious law insist that Elijah, why do the, sorry, why do the teachers of the religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah indeed is coming first to get everything ready. Yet why do scriptures say that the son of man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they chose to abuse him just as the scriptures predicted. Dear Heavenly Father, in the brief moments that I have with your people, I pray that my words are not my own. I pray that everything that comes from my lips would be divinely placed by your Holy Spirit. God, we don't need to say we had another service. We need to say, God, we had an encounter with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's break this baby down. The Mount of Transfiguration. So here's what was happening. Jesus was preparing people like you and I for his death. Jesus was explaining to these men who've given their entire lives, their entire beings to following him. They left behind everything and they followed Jesus. And six days ago, he's now preparing them saying, listen, I'm about to go, but don't worry. Everything will be okay. What do you mean, don't worry? You're telling us you're about to be tortured. You're telling us you're about to suffer. You're telling us you're about to die. Uh, Jesus, how should we be okay? But he was saying, listen, this is good. This is scripture being fulfilled. But watch this. How many understand that sometimes our humanity can't understand his divinity? Right? 
how can a finite being understand an infinite God? So sometimes Jesus has to show us some stuff, and he has to reveal himself in such a way. Why? So you can get it. Why do you need to get it? Because sometimes in this life, your reality doesn't match the divine revelation. And what do you do when your reality doesn't match the revelation? That's when you claim the glory of God. What is it? It's the beauty manifested of who God is. This beauty isn't an aesthetic beauty. This beauty isn't something that's just tangible and we feel really good when it happens. This beauty is the truth of who God is. Because my situation can change, but the essence of who God is remains the same. The beauty is what Apostle Paul said, to live is Christ, but watch this, to die is gain, so either way I win. The beauty is... That even in my weakness, God is made strong. The beauty is, even when I don't understand what is happening, God is still for me. The beauty is, when I was a sinner, and I was lost, and I didn't know what I was doing, the grace of God still abounded for me. And when I came back home, he didn't criticize me. He welcomed me back home and said, I've missed you, and we're so happy to have you. The beauty of this is... It's the, it's the sight we need to see because sometimes the reality we face is ugly. The glory of God. And this is why people say sometimes it's all for his glory. It's all for his glory. But I don't know about you. Sometimes as a human, when it feels good, it's for his glory. When it feels bad, where are you at, God? Why are you doing this to me? Well, I'm just talking to myself. No one's ever done that this morning. I told you I came to Boston. I got saved this weekend, so <laughs> must be deer hunting season or something. <laughs> By the way, this shirt, this shirt is Carhartt. No, it's not. But <laughs> it? All right, got to know your audience. See, I'm just come on, somebody. Glory to God. That's the glory right there in the deer stand. That's the glory of God. Amen. But our reality sometimes, church, is tough. And just like those disciples, listen, something we love will get taken away from us. What he was preparing them for was, listen, we understand the story of the passion. We understand the story of the cross. But watch this. They didn't want to see somebody they loved go through that. And sometimes our reality can get so bad that we forget the divine revelation. Sometimes our reality can get so bad we look like the disciples in the boat. And all we see are the winds and the waves. And we forget one thing. Jesus is still on the boat. Sometimes our reality can overwhelm us to where we start to use prayer as a spare tire instead of a steering wheel. Sometimes our reality can get so bad, it's like, God, I don't even want to talk to you. But he said, I need to show you. I need to show you who I am. So in those moments, in those moments when you feel like you're hanging on to heaven, but you got hell on your back, in those moments, you remember who I am. Why? Because who I am is not predicated on your situation. Who I am doesn't change because seasons change in your life. Who I am is the constant and consistent in every season, every, every intricate part of your life. Who I am remains the same. 
It's because of who I am. Watch this. It's not the fact that you went through the fire. It's the fact that you don't smell like smoke. It's who I am. So when we talk about the glory, what is, what is the glory we see? Well, the first thing we see here this morning is the glory of Christ's sinlessness. The glory of the sinlessness. I want to read this portion of scripture again, break it down. The Bible says, Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arise. Six days later, he took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance transformed and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could make them. Okay. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. We have to pay attention, to, friends, to the details in this text because sometimes we just read the Bible like it's a novel and we miss it. I tell students all the time, you wouldn't need reality TV if you just read the Bible. There was some crazy stuff that happened. Folks was cheating on each other in the Bible. I'm telling you, it didn't just admit uh, uh, now they, that we got reality TV. There's some crazy stuff that happens in the Bible. But the glory of Christ's sinlessness, watch this, because it says his garment, his robe, it was dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could make them. Okay? So what was that is? It meant that Jesus was the essence and the entirety of purity, of holiness, of righteousness, of a divine being. But here's the cool thing about transfiguring. A light didn't come upon Jesus. A light came out of Jesus. Put that in your Christian pipe to smoke it later. Man. Somebody's going to be in a deer stand. My God, I mean, the pastor said that. I, I fear, man, I, uh, goodness. It didn't come upon Jesus. It came out of Jesus. So watch this. Let me break this down for our finite minds. It was harder for Jesus to be a man than it was for him to transfigure. It came out of Jesus. And it says that his robes, his garments were dazzling white. Watch this. Far whiter than any earthly bleach could make them. Why? Because what they saw in that moment was the saving grace of Jesus. What they saw in that moment is the moment we say yes to Jesus, our stains get removed. But our stains aren't removed by anything that man can see. Our stains are removed out of the essence of who he is. Jesus was not a created being. Jesus is the creator. He's the essence of purity. The essence of holiness. So many people ask, where is he? Where is he? Right here. How do I know? You woke up this morning. Where is he? Where is he? Right here. How do I know? You should be in hell for what you did, but you're here serving in church. So when we talk about the glory, we're talking about the glory of the grace of God, the redemptive mercy of God, the glory of the sinless one, he who knew no sin, who bore all of our sins, 
The glory of the substitution. The glory because this thing right here called the cross belonged to us. But the glory is that, listen, he allowed himself to die. Watch this. Allowed himself to die in our place. The glory saying, listen, mankind is imperfect. I know they will make mistakes. Adam messed it up for everybody, so I'm going to give a second Adam in his place. The glory is you don't have to have rules and regulations. You just need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the essence of sinlessness. Sometimes, watch this, life gets so bad, well, at least I know I ain't going to hell. You got to find a silver lining. I'm broke. What if I die? I know I ain't going to hell. So, hey, you know. That's still good. That's what the glory is. The glory is in the moments when we start comparing ourselves to other people and families. And the glory is when we start looking on the exterior at other people's stuff. we got to see, you know what? The glory is God knows every secret about me, yet he's still good and he's still for me. He sees the part I try to hide from other people and he still loves me. It's the glory of his sinlessness. Why? Because through Christ, we're saved. See, the disciples are like people like us. They were a little too familiar. And I say this all, all the time. Sometimes we get so overexposed that we under-respond. We get used to Jesus. They got used to walking with Jesus. And sometimes we forget who he is. I love what it says in Isaiah. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he would need to repent. Sometimes we forget he's God in the flesh. He's not God's second best option. He's God himself in the flesh. The glory of his sinlessness. Let's go on this morning. There's a second part of that glory they saw. The glory of his sonship. In Mark chapter 9. In verse 5, it says, Peter exclaimed, oh, good old Peter, bless his heart. Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he really didn't know what else to say. And for they all were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice uh, uh, from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. So when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and all they saw was Jesus with them. See, Peter's like us. If God really showed us who he was, we couldn't handle it. If God really showed us who he was, we would try to adore him in a human way. What Peter was doing was, was, was church people do. Let's hang on to the moment and let's remember this moment forever, the moment that God uh, met with us. Why are you hanging on to a moment when this is a present reality each and every day of your life? Why are you building a memorial for a king that is no longer dead? He is risen. Peter, I get it. I appreciate the honor, my friend, but I'm not staying here, Peter. I'm going to rise. Why am I going to rise, Peter? Because you need access to the Holy of Holies. So don't build a memorial right here, Peter. Continue to live your life and tell other people about me because there's a day when I'm coming back and I want to reign and rule with all of my children. I don't need you to build a memorial right here and say I went to church on Sunday morning check mark I got an attendance no I need you to be convinced of who I am I need you to get this in such a way watch this because sometimes your testimony isn't that you feel good sometimes your testimony is watch this how does she lose everything how does she go through a heartbreak and she's still a sweet person there's something different about her Jesus 
How can a man face that much ridicule? And how is he still sweet? And how is he still a good person? Jesus. It was the glory of his sonship. You got to think, friends, this is Jesus. It wasn't a light that came on him. It was a light that came out of him. Jesus didn't need light. He's the essence of light. It came out of him. It also says there was Moses and Elijah. Now, I, I get it. I would be like Peter. I'd be like, what is going on? That's a lot happening. But here's what's happening. They took two of the, the greatest heroes in all of Jewish history and all of the Bible. Because why? He gave the law to Moses. And it was Elijah, the greatest prophet who prophesied of the coming king. So what he was letting them know, boys, I get it, but pay attention. He was really saying, listen, I'm the one they prophesied about in the Old Testament, and I'm also the one that fulfilled the law. I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. I was there before time began. Listen, the law has been abolished, Moses. Now, the one they prophesied, the Messiah, he's here. Can you see who I am? But then that voice reigned from heaven. There's another time we hear about that voice. It's when Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist. I love this. It says, this is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to him. So if I bring this to our modern day context, this is my son. Believe in Christ. Give your life to Christ. Trust in Christ. He's not the second best option. He's the way, he's the truth, he is the life. You're looking to define truth, start in Christ. You're looking to define yourself, start in Christ. You're looking for healing, start in Christ. You're looking for deliverance, start in Christ. You're looking for restoration of your marriage, start in Christ. You're looking for your children to come back who've gone astray, start in Christ. Listen to him. Here's why. I'm making it easy for you because I gave you the law and people like us couldn't keep up with it anyway. He took them three to the mountaintop because watch this. Sometimes in life, friends, we get so used to things and we get so used to just doing things and going through the motions that we forget who the creator of the universe is. Sometimes we need to get up and get away just to reflect on who God is. God, thank you. You're the essence of sinlessness. There's no way I should be right with you because everything is wrong with me. But you said that all I have to do is believe in you and I can be a new creation. It's like Paul. Paul says, listen, I was the worst of sinners. But because Christ, who is this? The son of God who made himself man. Who is this? The fulfillment of the law. The one they prophesied about in the Old Testament. Who is this? Jesus. Here's my favorite part. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone. All they saw was Jesus. Sometimes the stage and the lights are no longer here. But all you need is Jesus. Sometimes the doors of the church may not be open. You can't get the pastor, but there's a name you can call on that's greater than any other name, the name of Jesus. Sometimes just because you love God, people will walk away from you, and they'll start chastising you, and they'll start talking about you, and your own family may not need to understand it, but the only person you need is Jesus. 
Sometimes the conditions on your job may change, and you may have identified yourself by what you do, and that rug was pulled from under you, and all you need to know is this, Jesus. Sometimes you may get a diagnosis from a doctor, and he's telling you your reality, but sometimes you need to get the revelation of who he is. He's the essence of sinlessness. That same blood that saved sins is the same blood that I'm healed by, so all I need is Jesus. The whole book's about him, guys. The whole book, all 66. In the Old Testament, he was concealed. In the New Testament, he was revealed. Jesus. But I love this. So when the revelation faded away, the only thing that was there was Jesus. For some of us, that's where we worship right there. Because too many times we let the reality of this life drown out the fact that we were cognizant that Jesus has been there the entire time. God, forgive me for the times I was too familiar with you. Forgive me for the times I didn't get it. Forgive me for the times that I let my uh, uh, situation overwhelm me to the point that I forgot one thing. You will never leave me nor forsake me. Jesus. What's the glory? Despite what happens in life, there's still one name, Jesus. And when you really fall in love with that name, you fall out of love with reality. You know, the biggest thing you ask is like, oh, my God, what are the bucks like? You know, sinners just like you, you know. But seriously, when all that fades away, millions of dollars ain't going to get you into heaven. You need Jesus. Dunking a basketball ain't going to get you to heaven. You need Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the all-encompassing one. He's the fulfillment of the law. He's the one they prophesied about. He's the coming Messiah. He was the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. He was the son of God in the New Testament. In that name of Jesus, there's not only salvation, but there's deliverance, there's healing, there's forgiveness, there's a second chance, there's mercy, there's grace. But sometimes if you're like me, I don't have a bunch of eloquent words to say when reality's crashing in. Sometimes the only word I can say is Jesus. The glory isn't that the situation is going my way. The glory is this. Despite the situation, I know that Jesus is still present. There's one more attribute of the glory that I want to talk about today, and it's this, the, the glory of Christ's suffering. The glory of Christ's suffering. In Mark 9, starting in verse 9, the Bible says this, As they went back down the mountain... Uh, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what it meant by rising from the dead. So then they asked him, why do teachers of the religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And I love what Jesus replies to them. He says, Elijah is indeed coming. First, to get everything ready. Yet what? So Jesus flips it on him. He says, yet why do scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they chose to abuse him, just as the scriptures predicted. The glory of Christ's suffering. 
Rememorizing the Bible, friends, ain't going to get you to heaven. Perfect church attendance ain't going to get you to heaven. Sometimes we can get hofty. Well, yeah, I've been in church the whole time. Are you serious? I love Jesus. Does your face know that? Some people always say, we need to reach the lost. No, we need to convince the saved. Good night. That Jesus is real. There's a reason you can smile in every situation because Jesus is in every situation. The world can be taken away from you, but there's Jesus. This is all vanity anyway. We can't take it with us. I love the fruits of our labor, but it's not about how much I have. It's about how much he's done. See, when you get a glimpse of who Jesus is, my emotions don't have to go up and down like gas prices. I can be a little bit more consistent in this thing called life. I can handle the trials that life throw at me. I can handle the suffering that sometimes I have to face. I can handle the things that catch me off guard because I got a glimpse of who Jesus is. And all I need is Jesus. That's the glory. So they asked me, said, well, Jesus, why did they say that Elijah would have to come first? And Jesus flips it back on him. He says, yeah. But also, why did they say the Son of Man was suffering and be in contempt? He was breaking it down for him. He was saying, listen, Elijah had already come. But this time, his name was John the Baptist. And Elijah and John the Baptist had one thing. They preached, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. He was saying, friends, Elijah has already come. And the Messiah is here. Stop looking for what you already have. But why? Because he knew if they saw him on that cross, that gory image would resonate in their mind. If they saw the one they loved be pierced, be stabbed, be bruised, be crushed. There was no way reality was going to match the revelation. So Jesus said, listen, I need to show you who I am. So in those darkest moments, you can hold on. So you can't give up. So in the moments in your marriage when it's not even the fact that we love each other, we're questioning even if we do like each other. Hello. Sometimes you want to bruise your, your own children for their iniquities. What enables you to have grace? Jesus. So the glory of God is not just jumping around on a Sunday morning. The glory of God is the light that shines when the darkness of the world feels like it overwhelms us. The glory of God is manifested in any and every situation. The glory of God is the beauty of God manifested. That's why Paul said this, when we're weak, he's strong. All things work together for the good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He's still good in every situation. He's good. The question is, is your faith in the situation or is your faith in the Savior of the situation? If it hurts that bad, that means you had faith in the situation. So many people come to me, I'm like, well, you know, we got church hurt. No, I get it. Truth be told, no, you had faith in man, not Christ. Pastor Greg will fail you. Jesus won't. 
Well, I can't believe they did it. I can't believe you had that much faith in them. We're all sinners saved by grace. But sometimes we need a glimpse of who he is. So this isn't a Sunday morning message. This is a Monday morning message. When you go back to that job with the people you can't stand and the boss you don't like, and you're wondering, oh, God, why do I have to do this anyway? You can somehow, someway resonate in your mind as you're driving with tears in your eyes. God, you're still good. You're still good. You're still good. You're still good. When you're faced with that situation, like, God, I've been praying for a number amount of years, and my reality says no, but, God, you're still good. The woman with the issue of blood, her reality said no for 12 long years, but she said, God, you're good, so I know one day there's a yes coming. He's good. I want to read you something as we get ready to close. And and I'm also going to ask if, if Pastor and his wife could come and join me on the platform. I want to read this to you. There was a few students that wrote me, but there were a few things that stuck out to me, and a student wrote this to me, hey, Pastor Greg, uh, thank you for speaking at Crave Conference. It was so moving, and uh, it's going to stick with me for a long time. He said, I could feel God in the room when you would speak, and it was the first time I ever felt that, and it was the best feeling ever. Jesus. Sometimes I don't even need God to change the situation. I just need to know he's still real in the situation. I'm not here to debate theology. There was a generation last night that said, he's real. He's real. He's real. One of the hardest things I had to do was hug a 17-year-old girl with leukemia. There's no words you can say. You can just say, baby, I know. I know. I know. He's still good. He's still good. What would happen, church, if we really start asking God to manifest his glory? These situations that throw you off are the very situation that God said, listen, I've already accomplished it. You're worried about today. I've already defeated tomorrow. And when it's all said and done, you're going to be like Peter trying to figure out what happened. And all there was was Jesus. I want to pray this morning, but I want to do something special. If I could pray uh, for Pastor and his wife, if I could just have them just join me right here. And I just felt led to pray this morning because uh, I believe that God is just doing something different in this church. Amen. So I'm going to say this right now, and I'm not your pastor, so I can get away with it. Okay, those of you who have been here for a long time, it's time for you to get your big boy and big girl pants on and grow up. Okay? All right. All right, okay, we're breaking up with milk today. We're on solid food, okay? Y'all pick up what I'm throwing down? All right, why? Because God is doing something to this church. So watch this. Here's what the anointing is, right? The anointing literally was this. They would pour this oil on the sheep. You know why? Because there would be insects and pesticides that would get inside the sheep's fur. And it could kill them, sorry, their wool, and it would kill them. But when the oil was on them, that which hit them slid off. Y'all catch that? It hit them, but it slid off. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
See, and when they poured the oil, they poured it at the top of Aaron's head and it trickled down through his beard and it went resonated to his feet. Why? Because when we look at the structure of the church, when God looks at the church, he says, this is the man and woman of God that I am charging to be responsible. This isn't about being an authority. This isn't about being like they have to answer for God, to God for every soul that walks through this door. But here's what God is doing. He's expanding you. He's expanding you. He's expanding you. You're not just a pastor anymore. You're a pastor of pastors. There will be sons that will be multiplied and sent out. There will be other leaders that will say, can I submit to your leadership? There will be people to say, hey, pastor, will you mentor me? Would you guide me? This world needs Jesus. And here's what I want to do. I want to pray for this special couple. Here's why. Because as leaders, if the glory is manifested on their life, it's manifested on ours too. Can we do that? Can you join me this morning? Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now. I just thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you right now for a new anointing, God. I thank you for fresh, 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 fresh oil to fall, fresh revelation, fresh vision. God, supernatural grace, supernatural wisdom. God, I thank you. Lord, for the expansion that is coming. I thank you for the sons and daughters that are rising up to say, listen, we want to forge the kingdom. And so I thank you that, God, you've entrusted them with this beautiful and selfless couple, God. They've made so many things happen for you, God. So here's our prayer. Make it happen for them. So, God, I thank you that there's an open heaven over this church. I thank you that there's favor over this church. And I thank you, God, that you shall use this church to spark revival in this region. And when people ask why and how, the only thing they're going to say is Jesus. So, God, we're ready for what you want to do. We're ready for what you want to do. When the situation looks dark and it looks bleak, we're reminded of one thing. It's all for your glory. Come on, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Give Pastor Greg another hand. He did a great job.